Welcome back to this week's installment of Expand Your Mind and Be Kind. Thanks for joining Ryan and I on our adventure, and I hope everyone enjoys our episode. Thank you. This week's quote is by Nelson Mandela. If you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. If you talk to him in his language, that goes to his heart. This is Yim, Yim Gladowski. This is uh, Yim Gladowski. <laughs> I come from a great mother, Russia. <laughs> I knew you were a Russian operative this whole time. <laughs> da, jokes on you, Ryan. <laughs> oh man, what's up, Jim? What's up, Ryan? This is not Definitely. Jim. This is Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the stock market or the Dow Jones. I have been uh, staying in Trump Tower. It's nice. It's huge. Biggest building in the whole country. I love it. Free vodka. Got little <laughs> pictures of Trump on it. Love it. Well, um, I am a little bit confused. I thought that I was speaking with Jim. Is this... Is this... Ryan. Ryan, hello. It's... Jim. Oh, Jim. Jim. I Don't worry. Uh, I knocked out that Yim guy. Uh, he uh, he seems sketchy. Also, he uh, tied me up and put me in a closet. So there's that, uh, too. Well, I'm just very thankful that you got out. Uh, yes, me too. I don't like closets. Yeah. But I just came out of one, so... <laughs> hey <-o. laughs> Um... But yeah, no, uh, I don't know what the whole Yim thing was about, but this week's episode is going to be about languages. Yeah. And specifically, gonna... like, tied to that quote, the Nelson Mandela quote, um, just like what languages mean to us as an individuals and our identity and culture, but also how they, like, I don't know, we talk about ways how they impact um, our different countries, different communities. You know, what is language? What does it mean to um, to use language as humans? Yeah, I, I feel like this is a, a really big topic, but I think we can have some interesting discussion around um, some of the things that you just mentioned. So I guess to kind of kick things off, what do you feel is like, why, why do you think there are so many different languages in the world now uh, when the world has been so globalized and people are communicating at all times, especially in a, from a business standpoint? Um, sorry, what was that last of that question again oh just uh, just that what 
why why do you think or what do you think the the reason that there are so many different languages in the world given the amount of globalization and trade and all those different kinds of things that's happened over the past couple thousand years um i know colonization has moved languages to different points of the world and that's an entirely different subject but why do you think that still exists at the capacity that it still does well i mean isn't language part of your your being part of your personal cultural and national identity um if you think about um growing up you know we know english and so when you you hear somebody speaking a different language or talking like maybe just two people talking around you with a different language you feel left out you feel uh, not part of their social group. You I mean you might be feeling a lot of things, depending. But um, I don't know. I think it's just a re- it's really interesting that we still have so many languages and so many different ways of communicating today, considering how globalized we have become and how like interconnected our economies and cultures have become. But I, I think a lot of that goes back to. Um, ancient days you know as as primitive man you know found their way all over the world they've only been able to communicate and connect with their immediate social groups around them and they each group formed its own you know method of communicating to each other's and so they that's why you see the differences um I don't know. There's a really fascinating history about the development of language, like how most Western languages are have that like Latin uh, influence from like the the ages of the Roman Empire controlling much of the known world. Um, shoot, I mean, you could go into the history of, of languages, and that would that could be several episodes of a of a podcast. But yeah. I mean, I I would say I think that. Um, to answer your question, the reason why we probably have still so many languages we have today is because they are cultural identities. They're like a stamp of who you are, kind of. Yeah. Um, well, one of the reasons that I was interested in, and maybe that wasn't a great question, or maybe the way I phrased it wasn't, um, was because... The worst question, Ryan. <laughs> I think that was <laughs> because... a even worse answer, though. <laughs> I think it was a good answer. It was comprehensive. Um, I the reason I asked the question is because I've always been interested in the whole concept of tradition and how one generation will pass ideas and thoughts and all those different kinds of things to the next generation. And that especially immigrant families that, that come to the United States where the primary language that's spoken is English, um, how they will still, uh, while it's, to kind of integrate into society, it's better to teach English at least as a second language. Um, but generally that's, it's kind of being taken as the first language that they learn. And then their, their original, uh, the language that they spoke where at the country or the region that they came from Mm -hmm. is still taught. But I wonder but you notice how I, I, I'm digressing, but but I feel well, like but that, you that's notice how interesting to me. you notice how the their like native lang- language fades out. Like, all, I, I would imagine like most of our personal ancestors 
spoke different languages because let's be honest we're a country of immigrants so right. my my ancestors would have spoke uh german they would have spoke uh like different like dialects of gaelic like Cel- uh, like some uh celtic languages but you know as you move geographical locations in a different area, different culture, different language, you assimilate to that um, because it is a, a part of the identity. You can't move to a Spanish speaking country, for example, just to kind of reverse that and then refuse to speak only or refuse to speak the local language and only speak English and then teach your kids to only do that and make sure that their kids only do that. It's just not going to happen because you have to be able to communicate with the people around you, the people in your community, the people at the grocery stores. Like it's not just necessity. It's also like uh, a part of your, uh, of the, of the identity of your community that you live in. That's a good point. It also makes me wonder what, so to, to ask a, a follow-up question to what you just said, then uh, when you start having children of your own, or even when your nieces and nephews get to the point of being able to have a, a conversation about these kinds of things, how important is it to you or what kind of a strategy do you think you would implement to pass on the need or desire to learn about the culture through language um, or a culture through language. And it doesn't necessarily have to be your own as your family history, but. Um... Um, I've actually given this thought before because like I've always wished as a, I always wish growing up I had learned more than one language because I, I hate how restricting you or how like restricting it is to only be able to speak one language, albeit it's English and it's one of the hardest languages to learn in the world and one of the most widespread spoken languages. So that that is nice. But uh, it, at that younger age, before you've really been formed into your kind of social group or your your community, you're so much more, your mind is so much more pliable. And I've always thought, you know, you know, if I ever have kids one day, I would love to make them bilingual. They don't necessarily have to learn it from me. That would be ideal. But give them more tools for communication because it opens up doors. There's a, a really uh, interesting quote. It was almost used that quote today. Um, but it's by Ludwig uh, Wittgenstein. And it's the limits of my language mean the limits of my world. And I think yeah. that it it really is like you can communicate with so many more people knowing just two languages, not you know know like four or five, but just like two languages drastically increases the amount of people you can communicate with and connect with. Um, right. Sorry, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> No, that's okay. I think you I think you gave a really good answer. So from the perspective of that, how would you go about doing that? Is that good to like a formal education or is that something that you would do some like private tutoring with or So 
private tutoring if um I didn't become proficient enough in in Spanish. Spanish is the one that I really want to partake because uh, I I it's very widely spoke spoken like right next to English and it is so simple to learn as opposed to English. It's very intuitive. A lot of the Latin languages are. Um, and so like I've personally been trying to better my Spanish. I uh, you know, I studied abroad in Spain years ago, but I've struggled keeping it. And I've struggled, like, uh, you know, getting better at the language. So I actually use an app called Busu. Have you ever heard of Busu? I have, yeah. Uh, it's a language app that, like, you just... It's kind of like that app 7 that we talked about a couple weeks ago, that workout app. But it's like they remind you and they just suggest or require that you do 10 minutes a day uh, and you complete these little fun activities like they're basically just games but they increase your vocabulary your knowledge of grammar and um like your overall knowledge of the language just incrementally every day uh i've, I've been using that it's it's actually been very helpful it's been very refreshing or like it's been refreshing my knowledge of the language, and I hope maybe in a couple of years I'll be fluent enough that I could feel comfortable, you know, teaching a child or yeah, that's cool or whatnot. It's a really awesome. it's, it's a really cool app if if you're if you're like uh, have any kind of interest to learn another language or further like any language that you know, I would highly suggest it. Yeah, thanks for the suggestion. But yeah, no, so, if I didn't feel like I had enough mastery of the language, I would I would hire a tutor or somebody that would help. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, you didn't interrupt me at all. Um, I was just thinking, so if uh, before our call, I, I wanted to understand from uh, like a benefits perspective, and, and this episode is not necessarily about why you should learn another language. It's more just like to, to talk about language in general. But um, I found a few benefits of, of learning languages uh, that are not your primary. Um, and I'll just list some of these reasons out, um, give you some background. So the first is to connect, right? So you can connect with other people. Um, if you can speak their language, um, then that can allow you to connect with them at a deeper level. You can also advance your career by learning another language. Um, it's true. So certain jobs you, uh, for Jim, uh, he's going to be a nurse. He would benefit from knowing Spanish. I mean, yes. that's a, it's a very, a very common language spoken right mm -hmm. next to English. So that's cool that you're taking initiative to do that. That'll help your interactions with people who are not native English speakers. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you feed your brain. So there are tons of cognitive benefits that are associated with learning languages um, and being able to speak multiple languages. Um, you can uh, deepen your connection with other cultures. So language, um, that first question that I asked at the beginning of the episode uh, to Jim about, you know, why, why there are still so many languages across the world uh, definitely was not a loaded question, but I kind of already had a little bit of understanding and background about 
the whole purpose of language and culture. And it's to, it's, it's influenced by the way of life of the people, their art, their music, um, the pace of life. There are a whole bunch of different things that influence language. And for you to be able to experience language, uh, for example, like French, um, to be able to understand the transition and progression. I'm not a French expert by any means, but what, what little I do know um, is that the way the dialect of speaking French changed um, from nobility to the, the, the peasants lower or the class. common people, lower class. Um, and it, that influenced the way that French, the French language has been spoken for centuries. Um, and that it was kind of like a, a revenge, so to speak, uh, against the, the upper echelons of class in, in France. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's just a, a, a comment. But, but if you can speak the language, then that even gives you more insight and connection to the culture of the, of the place that you're in uh, itself. And, and I will say even just a little bit of French that I right. learned and knew gave me a deeper appreciation for Paris when we went there this last year. Well, and they, they really appreciate it too. Like it's, it's a very, it's a very almost obvious visual uh, change you will note in someone's demeanor when you're in another, uh, another country um, just by attempting to bridge that link, like the talk in their language. I remember um, studying abroad in Spain and I just, you know, I was talking with English around a bunch of my English friends because we studied, we were in a big group studying abroad. And I went over to this Spanish guy to order something. And a lot of people order in English because a lot of people know English, but I ordered it in Spanish. And the look on his face, like he, like it's like his face completely changed. And he was so much more excited to serve me because he was like, wow, this person is making an effort to understand not only my language but also like my culture my identity i don't know it's just it was just like a warm fuzzy feeling yeah and that's uh it's it's almost a compliment um yeah when like in paying respect to uh to another culture or another person who they may be out of their comfort zone right like if i if they're in a different culture that they don't speak the native language I say native language. English is the primary language that's spoken. It's not the right. native language, um, but the the common language of the country or the place. It can be really reassuring and comforting to hear something that's familiar uh, mm-hmm. to someone that's that's. And and so to segue, kind of back to the list of things. There's there's a a, a fairly long list of of benefits, but this one is the last one that I'll list, and it's something that we speak about tons on the show. And it's about, you know, trying to be empathetic with other people and understand and make a decision. Hey, uh, Jim. Sorry technical, for that. Technical, technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, technical issues. Um, so we we kind of got cut off, but to to get back. So we something that we talk about a lot on the podcast is being empathetic and reasoning and taking, uh, you trying to remove emotions from your decision-making and things like that. So this one uh, does speak to that. Um, it's, it says that studies show that decisions made in your second language are more reason-driven than those in your native language. 
Uh, contrary to popular assumptions, when we deliberate in a second or third language, we actually distance ourselves from the emotional responses and biases deeply associated with our mother tongue. The result? Systematic and clear-headed decisions based on just the facts. Holy cow, that so, is... Awesome. There are even some benefits to your own personal decision making um, in your life. So if you need to make a tough decision, uh, reason out the decision in your second or third language um, with with someone that can have that conversation with you. And, and that can help you to kind of remove and distance yourself from the emotion that's associated. Um, I did not know that. That was like the coolest, I think, coolest thing that I read about benefits of learning different languages. And But the uh, one thing that I would suggest to everyone is you also don't have to be a master to be proficient and you don't have to understand and go through formal education to learn how to speak another language. You can, there are tons of apps, one that Jim mentioned, but um, you can go on YouTube. YouTube has tons of um, learning resources for free that you don't have to pay for um, that are very informative and very helpful. Um, but the thing that I would encourage you to do is, is learn the common stuff. Like even if you don't want to learn an entire language, learn the most commonly used phrases. Um, like how do I use the bathroom? Please and thank you. How are you doing? Good evening. Good morning. Like just those basic things and like an app like Duolingo or some of those other things um, they'll, they'll help you with the basics and that at the base level can really help, um, your experience be, be better, but also to show, um, Hey, I'm not just some tourist who expects everybody to kind of bend to my will if you visit a different place too. Um, so, yeah, no, that, what were the three, those three tips again? Oh, well, they're, they're really just more like benefits. But, oh, the three um, benefits, sorry. So the first one is connecting with other people. So you can connect mm -hmm. with people you don't know. Um, and you can open up your world literally and figuratively. Um, you can advance your career. So there are plenty of opportunities to make more money. Um, if, if the actual career itself is not as important to you, you can actually just make more money if you speak more languages. Um, and you can also deepen your connection to other cultures. So have an appreciation for their art and their music and those different kinds of things. Um, if you even understand at a base level um, what some of that language is and, and the meaning behind it. So there's all the reasons to learn another language. Yeah, there are tons. Um, so, so let's kind of pull ourselves away from like understanding and learning a new language and more focused on, because I'd love to hear your thoughts on wh what, what role do you think language plays in a relationship where you both speak the same language natively? So, because you always hear, you know, communication is a foundation for mm -hmm. a good relationship, right? Well, that should be easy mm -hmm. if we both speak the same language, right? That right. should be easy. Um, what, what do you think about the dynamic of that and, and, and how that impacts the way that we interact with each other. I think I see where you're going with this. Um, well, like learning what I just learned <laughs> just a little bit ago, it sounds like uh, marriages and relationships would last a lot longer if you learned another language and spoke t to each other in the alternate language. <laughs> so you had to think out what you were going to say before you said it. <laughs> um, 
but I don't know. I think that that's uh, it is an interesting uh, way to like to think, like a, an interesting idea. Like, are, so you're are you asking like why is there still like problems communicating even though they're we're still we're communicating with the same language, the same uh, dialects, most likely. Or well, I'm definitely definitely not setting you up to say like to confirm my assumptions. I I was more just asking in general, like what kind of responsibility do we have um, in in language to like uh... are we responsible for ensuring that the other person understands what we're saying, or do we think that they are responsible for understanding what we're saying? I think that probably just, a better it goes <laughs> that goes into just like effective communication. I think a, any kind of communication is a two-way street and there is accountability on on both sides to to have an understanding. Obviously the the person who instigates the communication is as more is more liable to clarify and uh kind of like lead the conversation because it's like it's their instigation but um overall it's it's very always very uh two-sided it's it's each person is very much responsible yeah that's i mean that that's that's fair um what what do you think though is it your responsibility to understand like for me to understand uh, oh okay okay um, what you're saying or is it my responsibility to understand what you're saying it is well kind of like what i said it's both people's responsibilities so like if you if i were to say something and it wasn't quite coming across it would be up to me to recognize that and clarify or if i was asked to clarify then i mean that just goes to the other person if the other person isn't understanding it but then isn't saying anything about that or isn't communicating that misunderstanding then you kind of see where like that falls apart from both sides sure yeah that makes sense um and i i definitely don't want to because we can go into an entirely separate discussion about effective communication which Mm-hmm. really isn't the focus of our topic today but i just it it does have an impact on language yeah. because it's, the language that you speak is is in the medium of communication on what you're doing right right it's, it's um, the medium of communication so and, and not only about... that like just a kind of like a little addition to that like different languages and cultures handle interpersonal communication differently and that that is like another like nuance of of learning languages or or the cool facts about languages like how in certain cultures it's very disrespectful to directly ask people about certain things like certain personal things like us as americans we're very open on the whole about like things in general like we'll go up and ask someone like how are you how's your wife how's your kids how's your hemorrhoids like whatever yeah (laughs) um (laughs) but like if there's like certain asian cultures and languages like if you go up and and ask them about like your hap their happiness like how they're doing or like how they feel about certain things it's like 
it's seen as a disrespectful or uh, an overreaching question. So, I mean, there's that too. Yeah. The differences between languages and like how communication is, is accomplished. There, so, and that's a really good point. Well, let's, because language in some ways informs culture and culture informs language in some case. So mm-hmm. what, let's, let's look at the United States since we live here and this is the place that we've had the most experience. Uh, with our interactions. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, because I've thought a lot about different regions and the dialects and accents that people have and i watched a video when i was in communication studies class in college that showed how people that are from the northeast and people that are from the south um, they're actually coached in a lot of cases if they're going to be on tv um, or on or in movies to speak with like the midwestern accent Mm -hmm. uh, which is Yeah. So because the reason is because if you're from the South, there's a stigma associated with someone who speaks like they're from, you know, like wherever there's an association or uh, an implicit feeling of that. You're, you're just dumb is, is what people think when you hear that. Right. Are you Um, saying that people that with the Southern accent are dumb? Is that what you're saying? I am not saying that. <laughs> I am saying that the understanding and the assumption of people that are listening to that accent, the stereotype. one of the first things that they heard um, in, when they were doing focus groups is, what was your first impression of that person? And they said, well, they're dumb or, you know, or whatever. And, and that could be perpetuated by culture. The other thing is, and the, the other example they gave was in the Northeast, is that people speak really quickly or they speak um with you know like a boston accent or new york accent there are two different things one of them is like they're kind of um like they're rude or mean um Mm -hmm. or uh yeah just rude or mean we're kind of like like short to the point about everything and so i just i just thought that was really interesting how uh, how instead of embracing that is is a way to think about that that's squashed at some capacity and and i think of people that i've interacted with from those places like and i've actually been to both of those regions of the u.s and i my experience has been pretty good with everybody that i've interacted with i when i did a bunch of traveling for work i i didn't really have any feeling of that from them even after i'd been exposed to that way of thinking so i don't know i just That'd be cool to hear your thoughts on that. I feel like that goes into also like into a conversation of the danger of stereotypes. I mean, there's a, there's some reasons why we have stereotypes, but generally they're just, they're usually unfound. They're like unfounded and not really uh, truthful across the board. Like I, I've been to both parts of that, of the country as well. And it's just, it's simply just the way people talk to each other. That's really the only difference. Obviously, like then there's some differences in communication too. Like people from New York or Pennsylvania, what they're very like short and to the point about a lot of things. And people in the South are very like they like to get a lot of details and talk about like 
you know, family, kids, like, again, I'm probably stereotyping, but. <laughs> well, but there's a difference in the way of life. True. I yeah. Mean, most, most of the, of most of those interactions that you have, like if you live in the city in New York, you have a much faster pace of life. And so you don't have as much time to yeah. spend talking with somebody or you're working or, you know, if you're commuting in the subway or walking to work or whatever, like you don't want to spend 20 minutes talking to somebody about how their day is going. Maybe you do want to do that, but you're the, like the way of like moving about your world. And this isn't just with a place like New York, it's just an example, but um, any really big Metro area or uh, urban center of the U S mm-hmm. or for that matter, anywhere in the world, it's people it live at a faster a quicker pace. way of going. And so that's why you get a little bit slower of rhythm and speed of speaking right. and pace. Is so it like you geographical you know. area or like where you live affects your language and the way you communicate, even if you're speaking quote unquote, the same language. Yep. I mean, if you think about um, all the dialects that are like accents that we have in the United States or like in, in extension Canada, because let's be honest, Canada's like the big Northern state. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> <laughs> False fake news. Um, but like other countries in the world, like China, like one end of China to the next is like almost completely different language, culture. Yeah. Um, it's insane. The difference is they're all united by a flag, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I was in college, I had a few friends when I went to school at Fort Hayes and one of them was from Beijing and one of them was from um, Hong Kong mm-hmm. and they spoke two entirely different dialects of Chinese Cantonese and Mandarin mm-hmm. and they could not understand each other and they I mean, probably they could, had but not very well right and they probably had some pretty stark differences too and like how they communicated and what they said and such as well right and then the funniest part was they had two other roommates one was from Mongolia and the other one was from Japan and so they all spoke English together mm-hmm. uh, because that was the only language that all of them knew. <laughs> so fun fact, uh, do you know, I mean, I, I, I know you know why English is like considered the worldwide language. It's, is it business? Uh, it's thanks to the British Empire. The British Empire. Because for many hundred years, the British maritime like their naval uh adventures uh endeavors landed a massive network of colonies all over the world and the british became basically the movers and shakers of the world i mean they used to call the british empire the empire where the sun never sets um, I did hear that. Yeah, because actually that. Hong Kong used to be a British colony. For the long, for hundreds of years, it was a British colony. Uh, huh. Australia was, New Zealand, India. There was many islands in the Pacific, parts of Africa. South Africa used to be a British colony. Large parts of Sudan, Egypt, the Middle East. 
um, many islands in the Caribbean and, and then parts of South America. And then obviously the original 13 colonies of the United States. Uh, those, Basically that was anything Canada. that can be accessed by the giant navy that they have. Right. Literally <laughs> everywhere in the world. And uh, yeah, because of that, um, English became the language of trade for the world and like like you said earlier like commerce it was it's business and so that just kind of carried forward all of those colonies eventually won their independence or like mostly their independence i think australia still considers itself a part of the commonwealth but they are an independent like ruled nation but they still like they'll recognize the queen um but it, it that's that's why that's why English is so proliferant in the world. Hmm, that's really cool. Yep. Thanks for sharing. And that's actually that's why Spanish and Portuguese are very big too, because of all the uh, imperialism and uh, conquest that they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Did uh, it's it's interesting, and this would be a fun episode to talk about further on, but just the whole concept of colonization oh, God. in the world and how, of course there were absolutely awful things that were associated with it, but it did introduce a lot of different ideas and ways of thinking and ways of life that if that hadn't happened, um, we might not live in the world that we live in right now for better or worse. Right. Um, you could argue for, so. for, for, uh, for better for either way. Right. <laughs> There was a lot of there was a lot of bad things that happened in the era of colonialism and imperialism, but yeah, another episode maybe. Right. All right. Well, uh, are we ready to take a little bit of a break and then come back with our be kind for this episode? Duh! I think this is a good idea, Ryan. Oh no, Yim is back. <laughs> I killed. Jim, welcome back to Language. Welcome back to Expand Your Mind and Be Kind, the podcast where we tell you how to think, and if you don't agree with us, then... How dare you? (laughs) Watch your back. (laughs) We are unyielding. Totally kidding. Um, So this week's Be Kind, um, we... I think it would be really interesting to talk about how it's like simple gestures to people with different languages can go such a long way. Um, we live in a country that is arguably has the second language is Spanish. So you will, yeah, there's a pretty good proportion of our population that speaks Spanish. Um, and so just a simple like learning how to say hello goodbye learning how to say how are you or you know any other kind of niceties in in spanish could, could go a long way into making someone's day absolutely and it doesn't have to, have to be spanish uh there's there's a lot of language out there languages out there and if you have family members or friends that speak a different language just attempting to 
speak with him in in, in their native tongue. No, do you have any do you have any thoughts on that, Ryan? I do, but but I want to hear. Um, do you have a favorite word in Spanish? Uh, yeah. Um, have you heard of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a favorite word in Spanish is gonna be gatos. Nice. I I do this thing with uh, some of my coworkers who speak Spanish, where I don't know, it's stupid. <laughs> I don't know why I ever said it or came up with it, but it makes them laugh every time. And I think they laugh at it not so much that it's funny, but just because like I'm making a funny in their language. And I always say. Donde esta mis gatos borrachos? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Which li- li- it just means where are my drunk cats? I love it's, it. It's dumb, but I love it. It it it's makes great. them smile every time, <laughs> and I think they're <laughs> they're probably laughing more at me than 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 with me. But it's fun, and I love it. It no, brightens their day. Thanks for yourself do you, do you have a favorite i do yeah so i i with you i did study spanish in school i'm not fluent or, by any means but i do have a few fun uh like favorite words um but my favorite word is it's a verb it's achuchar which means to hug someone to the point that they can't breathe yeah it's like squeezing <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like not and and I just like ever since I my Spanish teacher was hilarious in high school and she she's like, do you want to hear some cool phrases? And, you know, it was at the end of the semester or something and mm-hmm. she would put a bunch of fun things up on the board. But that one always stuck with me. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. Um, as far as anything to add. Yeah, I would say one thing I would encourage everybody to do in regards to language is in in kind of contribution to what Jim said or in addition to it is, you know, doing kind things for, for people that, you know, you have to make sure that you're also being patient with them. Um, If they're, especially if they're trying to speak your language and and vice versa, more, more often than not, if you make an attempt to speak someone else's language, they will be patient with you. So it's only kind on your end to do the same for them. So that that's the only thing I would say, because I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people in person who are trying to, to give service to someone and they English is not their native language. And the, the person gets frustrated and says, I don't understand what you're saying or like I Right. And, it's kind of a, so, a slap in the face a little bit. And it's 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 kind of hostile, unavoidably right. hostile. Yeah. And so I, I think encouraging everybody to do that, that's that's what I mm-hmm. would say is is what I would add to what you said. Yeah. So, Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take another brief break and then we will be back in just a few. Which I'm not trying to like set the bar high or anything, but Ryan told me he said in another language, by the way, so you know he's not lying. <laughs> uh, this is going to be the best recommendation of all time. <laughs> That's a cooking pun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, Jim, what's up? <laughs> you know what they say in Mother Russia? 
recommendation make you <laughs> I, it's funny so for all of you who can't see you can't because i haven't shown the screen but on the app that we use to record the podcast jim comes in with different names almost all the time and it, it just cracked me up that's why i was laughing um so the recommendation for this week is actually from new york times cooking and i made this recipe earlier this week and i was pretty uh ple- not pleasantly surprised but pretty happy with the result because i i figured just by looking at the ingredients it would probably be good now uh, whether i would be able to cook it well is a different story but um it is korean bulgogi bolognese oh. so it is sweet jesus um it's it's kind of like a korean take on a traditional italian meat sauce and it was real good um we we had uh just to give you a few ingredients in here so you do kind of your traditional stuff so you just get uh, beef ground beef um some tomato paste some ginger uh which is kind of fancy for this um and kind of adds in that Korean feel. Soy sauce, you got turbinado sugar, um, celery, carrots, onions, basically all the things that are good. And you just make the sauce and then you pick a pasta of your choosing. Uh, the recipe suggests egg pasta, but you can do pretty much whatever kind of pasta you want. Big pasta does better for this sauce because it's a little chunkier. It's not as saucy, so it holds the sauce a little better if you have like bigger wider pasta but um yeah we used fettuccine and it ended up ended up being being really good um and so yeah it takes about 45 minutes including prep time and i will always suggest everybody to try it the next day as well just kind of like with any sauce or chili or Mm -hmm. anything that 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 you're cooking is you know and jim and i have talked about this is you know they're doing a little bit of simmering and fraternizing with each other the ingredients are and so mm-hmm. i they get to am, know each other and yeah, i get to know each other uh but yeah it was very good so strongly encourage anybody who's interested in and as a side item um i got french bread and sliced it and then broiled so i just toasted the top of the bread and it was crunchy and mm. it was very good but i think baguette would be good with it too if you have access to those so ryan what you're saying is for our language and cultural kind of episode you went with the italian meat sauce with a korean spin and ate it with some french bread that's exactly right eat by an american (laughs) all right (laughs) no i really i really like uh, new york times cooking like they they do a lot of really uh, uh adventurous things and they always taste good I don't know who the who's the head chef, the guy who runs it. What's his name? I don't remember his name. I I hear his name every time I listen to the daily, and I hear one of their uh, New York Times cooking uh, ads they put on there. And I every time I'm like, wow, I just listen at the sound of everything they're saying just makes me so hungry. <laughs> Give me all the food now. All the food. Yeah. The cool thing about it is they have a lot of features on the app and the site that you can like add your ingredient list, uh, your grocery shopping and all that kind of stuff. So you, you can very easily translate the recipe into an actionable, let's go to the store 
plan. Mm-hmm. So we'll link to that um, in the show notes. But that is my recommendation. And I also recommend that you all be kind to each other out there. We are in a very polarized environment right now. And a lot of crazy things are going on with COVID and all sorts of other things. So I just want to further encourage everybody to show love and kindness to each other whenever you can. You can all do a little more to make someone's day better with just the little things. Yeah. And one of the ways that you can do that is by cooking and sharing yeah. that with people. You know what that they say. Love. You know what they say, Ryan? No, Bol- I don't. What bolognese do makes everything better. They do. I yeah, think that, I saw that, that on a t-shirt one time. Yeah, no, that's a quote by Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you all have a good rest of the week. Enjoy the weekend, and we will see you next week. Indeed. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as Jim and I enjoy making it. If you'd like to subscribe, we will be sending out future content uh, within the coming weeks, months, and years. So feel free to do that, and we'd love to have you around. And Ryan, don't forget we're on social media. Oh, that's right. We are on Twitter at ExpandMind, be kind, and that is the letter B. Uh, And then uh, we are also on Gmail. If you want to send us an email, it's uh, expand your mind and be kind at gmail.com. Yeah, send us questions or any thoughts that anyone may have, and uh, can't wait till the next episode. Like Dr. Dre. <laughs> 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 <laughs>